Welcome, everyone. I hope this finds you all well. I'm Albert, host of the Order podcast, and today we are going to be speaking about some of the one trillion percent assured to happen in its own time eventualities for the Order 1887, aka the sequel to the Order 1886, and also what I I'm heavily manifesting to be a trilogy. Now, laughter, maybe, you could be saying that uh, you'd be hearing now in some spheres. Uh, we've certainly had our share as folks in the movement of long live the order of um, that that uh, that moniker of, like, pie in the sky, all, all of that stuff. Remember, we are very much supported as a community by the very solace bringing knowledge that um, long live the order. Uh, the Ouroboros is our symbol. It is the symbol of the game. Eternal. This is an eternal fight, <laughs> right? So we take that from the title itself about the fight between the order and um, the half-breeds, which in our more playful, levity-tastic moments, we like to equate uh, the detractors of the order to half-breeds because they just had a half completely just they missed at least a good half of what the order was uh you know yeah like haters i guess you know um which is very very unfortunate now again this was launched off of as sometimes my impromptu podcasts are i was listening to the order 1886 as reviewed by uh rocco from um mega 64 uh garrett actually came in with a with a comment this is episode 300 and 19 of their podcast back in 2014 and it um clearly i think it was around about when people were trying the thermite rifle demo and uh garrett said something like i actually on principle avoided it uh because of the steampunk setting and i sort of added that as another list of uh, some of the strange cosmos converging factors uh, to why the order may have had a tougher time coming out when it did um, and on the platforms it did, uh, in the environment it did. And as I mentioned on previous podcasts with the, uh, the shifting of, um, the landscape of, um, of, of media, uh, towards, um, instant gratification, uh, we were on the very verge of things just starting to get into that. Like, if you don't serve me immediately off of the lowest common denominator, um, factors of a game, then we will not review bomb you, but we will neglect you into non-existence, which has um, sadly been what occurred to the order. However, once again, it is so important for especially folks tuning into this very, we are a very small community. I make no, um, I make no illusions about that, but uh, we are growing very, very slowly, but surely. And this voice that we have together will grow in something that will, by some party, be noticed. And I will even broaden our spheres into the community-created realm, which can sometimes be a prelude to uh, an official project being revealed or announced. For example, we also do the last Airbender podcast where there was that uh, game that was made with the Dream Suite, uh, Media Molecules Dreams, um, that has started a whole conversation about why hasn't there been an open-world uh, the last Airbender title, you know what it means? So, 
and so yeah the um the whole notion of um the community coming in and, and creating their own titles apologies for the interruption there we just had a bit of a technical difficulty on on our end here um is an absolutely what we're broadening our spheres uh as uh this community long live the order bringing on zbrush artists bringing on uh artists working within the dreams suite um who are perhaps data folks who want to dive into the sort of code of the original game look at uh, you know unseen assets i'm actually planning on reaching out to lance mcdonald who um i am coming closer to melding kind of those uh venn diagram spheres with because um of uh, my work with the elden ring podcast and also the miyazaki podcast right and so for him to be able to him and i dive into the um, the behind the scenes of the order, which is, um, yeah, like I, I'm a scion, <laughs> not scion. I'm a, I am a, I, I, all I hope to be honestly is a humble, but, but very persistent voice for these, um, criminally undersung. And, uh, I, I would say in many instances, um, exaggeratedly, uh, unseen and misunderstood projects, you know, under signal boosted and, and straight up, you know, Historically, like there was a lot of misfortune, uh, was a factor for, for, for the timing of the order's release. And as I uh, spoke about with um, Steve West, who played Grayson slash Sir Galahad, um, there is, uh, yeah, there is a, a an aspect to what an aspect to the order 1886's fate of um, like fuck, like damn it, like like we were so so close to something so beautiful from from taking from taking uh shape and going on its own path from from 2013 slash um 1415 which was the i would say the a very very awesome time to to be alive uh if maybe some people may be listening to this many years hence i'm recording this in 2021 but basically in um uh in 2000 uh sorry in 2013 um yeah, there was there was this trailer that came out which had people had no idea what it was, and it was at the birth of the generation, and it was this trailer which um, was the Order eighteen eighty six's debut trailer uh, with the voiceover. You know, we live in an age of scientific marvels, right? And we all remember that one. The, the, the wall between life and death it is so thin. You know, its protectors so few, but for so few such terrible strength do we possess lines written by kirk ellis hbo screenwriter emmy award-winning screenwriter which many many people i am certain don't know um and it is uh, our stalwart <laughs> duty as the order podcast to, to to keep the light alive and keep the flame alive um, for the order and, and we will continue to do so eternally you really will okay so um, with this one, I wanted to touch on some of the assets, um, early storytelling assets that I've created, for um, which I hope to, will, which I am manifesting rather. Again, we have to use that language of manifestation. Will end up on some um, whiteboard somewhere or whatever pin board, I guess you could say, um, on some developer's wall at some point where it's like, okay, well, these completely fucking insane. The Order 1886 slash the Order Saga um, community 
like stuck it out for 10 fucking years, you know, <laughs> who knows, we may end up revisiting it another five, six years. We, we could potentially be in for a very, very long wait, folks, but I will be here for you. I'll be here as a chronicle unto myself for this relationship I have and engagement with and, and, and appreciation I have for this title. Um, uh, but then as a byproduct of wonderful uh, community that I can bring along with me and, and, and uh, looking at getting Sir Galahad, uh, just that's how they're known by the one who, a really awesome Instagrammer who, who likes our posts over on Instagram. So shout out to you. Um, so I, yeah, so basically I do want to get what I'm about to read um, for you um, onto, onto a pin board. That's, that's absolutely what I want to read um, for you. So we're going to go to the order game on Reddit, and I recollectably, like, it just does not click yet, sorry, it doesn't click really that I have actually read all of this out, so it's pinned, and we're going to go from there, so 97 days ago, um, uh, which I feel like I could actually ask it, um, but I'm certain that it was after the, the last episode, definitely, so The Order 1887, Legacy of Avalon, Meeting Arthur, Finding the Grail Water, Recruiting Darwin, to Grayson and Lakshmi's new order, and the order 1888, the last vampire. Grayson is transformed into a half-breed by Grigori Rasputin. Lady Igraine is freed from Dracula's control. Plus novels, plus TV series. And I have a note here. Note, check back periodically as each of these headings is expanded upon. This post will act as the order game, as in the, you know, the Reddit community, the order games, um, base of operations for manifesting the order's continuation. Okay. Share it with as many people as you think would enjoy that happening, as in the order's continuation. Every page visit feeds the algorithm and increases the chances of Sony or whoever um, is able to create this continuation uh, so that they can see it. So the original post is as follows. To all of you here on Reddit, Knights of the Society for the Preservation and Prosperity of the Order, I hope this finds you well. As you know, I spoke with Grayson's descendant, Steve West, <laughs> and we're closing in on hearing with the powers... Um, that be for further records of the order's existence to be released. Um, the order 1887, 2025 legacy of Avalon on the order 1886's 10th anniversary, the order's second chapter will be revealed centering on the nascent order composed of five founding members, Lakshmi Bai, Devi, Nikola Tesla, Sir Boris and Grayson. Having uncovered the corruption at the very heart of the Order's British headquarters, the fugitive vigilantes leave London far behind, um, relocating to a secluded uh, place in Scotland called Aoudorak, deep in the wilderness of Scotland, where they establish secure forward operating base, um, uh, you know, routes, you know. Uh, it's been a full year since the events of the Rebellion Uprising of the Order of Her Majesty's Knights, collecting supplies for their operation. Um, 
of the night's, uh, yeah, so they're collecting supplies for their operation. Having completed his monthly intelligence gathering sweep across Letok, uh, Loch Garten, which are all actual locations in Scotland, you can look them up, uh, and ending at Badenoch and Strathspey Ward, uh, to make sure no one has picked up their trail, Grayson, satisfied of his and Lakshmibai's safety, returns to their home base. Tesla has been busy using every square inch of the spacious barn they were able to purchase for slowly recommencing his research and development division, which once was housed deep below Westminster. Sir Bors, when not holding strategy meetings with Grayson, uh, uh, Lakshmi and Devi uh, departs the base in search of the hidden storeroom of his brother. Right, so um, I'll just take a little break here. So basically, uh, at this point um, in the story, uh, I, I really wanted to have been maybe, um, this is just sort of side notes, on the side of the whiteboard, if you will, uh, a lot of thought and attention given to um, how we will revisit them. And I would love to see, yeah, we revisit them some years down the line. Uh, we revisit them uh, with potentially very significantly uh, changed appearances. Um, there's a, even a chance that uh, we could see, although I think the, I think there's the unspoken rule, which is you do not get rid of the mustache <laughs> for, um, uh, for Grayson. That's, that's a no, no. Um, but for everything else, like we could see a potentially like a yeah, new hairstyle for, for, for Grayson. We could, we could see potentially, uh, something with like long haired Grayson. Yeah, that's just a couple of riffs here. And, um, I figured better than just, you know, um, reading, uh, you know, uh, verbatim what I've written already. Uh, you know, as I'm, as I'm, it was 97 days ago. I've, I have some thoughts, and as I'm going along, I think it'd be nice to, um, uh, yeah, like, like add a couple of extra little notes. So, but anyway, let us continue. You know, noting along the way, but um, mostly just sort of sticking, sticking to what I've written. So here we go. Okay, so yeah, the hidden storeroom, basically. Now I've added this as a, as an element of of, of the mythology, um, which is um. Somewhere where, you know, very valuable things are kept. So basically, I'll start the thing again. So, Sir Bors, when not holding strategy meetings with Grace and Lakshmi and Devi, departs the base in search of the hidden storeroom of his brother. History mistakes their bond as uncle-nephew, but it isn't. So it's um, Lancelot Dulac, uh, the Baron Augustus Darkil, following the latest lead he's able to find. So there's a little bit of a lore uh, tidbit there, which is that I envision, at least with this version of what I'm going with, again, this is all just a potential starting point. You know, stories can change, relationships can change, but um, that is my idea uh, that um, uh, Sir Bors is revealed to be so, uh, Dargil's um, brother. Okay, so, so and, and, that, and if you look at their faces, there's, there's, you know, more than a little bit of potentially, you know, uh, some basis for that visually at least so um and that, that kind of figures and as i'm going through it you'll actually see uh, a couple of extra um points at which that that makes sense and actually makes the story um more interesting for the very fact that there is that um, connection so there you go right so um the nascent order yes grace and watch me herself and then you're returning from seeking information as well as the hunt so uh, there you go, exactly. So the storm. Yes. Baron Augustus Stargill following the latest movies ever defined. So basically, you think of Baron, uh, think of Sir Bors as, um, yeah, he's sort of snooping around like he was doing in the first one and, and, and gathering intel and, and getting ready for the return of the true order, you know? I think, you know the, the return of order, I guess, uh, will be one of the um, elements 
of the story going forward of this metaphor that the order is like Grayson and Lakshmi and Lakshmi, you know, leading Grayson, like let's return order to this uh, corrupt system, return order to the world. Like it'll have multiple meanings, this, you know, this name of the order. So anyway, off we go. Um, I'd have to cover my mouth because here in Canberra we have um, our uh, restrictions. So apologies for if it comes across a little bit muffled. Anyway, yes. Returning to the humble hood headquarters of what uh, the group had dubbed the NASA Order, Grace and Lakshmi, herself and Devi returning from seeking information as well as a hunt, Devi proudly bearing a large fallow deer carcass. Um, they pause to mark the one-year mark since their order, the true order, as Lakshmi calls it, um, being founded. You know? They remark on how, in the past, whenever a year has come and gone, the tradition is to look back on the year that's been, and the pair discuss their handful of early operations, aiding isolated locals in repelling lichen, lindworm, and white attacks. By the way, this was, I think, not far from when I had watched for the first time American Werewolf in London, and so perhaps that's also why I was inspired by the, you know, the Scottish Moors, you know, to to, set them, to have them sort of take operations there. Actually, so really good werewolf film, and I hope uh, the upcoming, um, I think they're going to make a in the same universe, but a sequel of some kind and show respect to that original one and maybe, yeah, I don't know, dial down the comedy, which, anyway, it, it was it was a lovely film unto itself and we'll speak about it on another show at some point of the American Werewolf podcast, perhaps? We shall see. Okay, so Emily, they look ahead to what the future holds and so Grayson comments that Tesla is still a ways off from finishing it, uh, to which Lakshmi replies, he works faster than you think and the possibilities the device would open for us are critical to our success. Um, the device they're discussing is Tesla's Baukneber, um, uh, which hi uh, that which hides but also flies. So it's Serbia, and you take the Balk and Nebo. So hopefully I haven't uh, butchered my um, portmanteau there in, uh, in, uh, in Serbian. So there you go. Um, a hybrid aircraft blimp uh, he has grand designs for and currently building a prototype of. Um, with it, Lakshmi Bai hopes to bring the order into the 19th century, allowing them to travel beyond England's shores undetected, back to her homeland of India to settle matters there, and setting up similar um, hidden forward bases across the world, traveling between them discreetly on the vessel. So this would have also implications you can riff about that later in a future episode where we discuss specifically uh, the gameplay of these um, proposed hypothetical, but uh, manifesting them to take shape in reality uh, sequels okay their main problem now is high governor igraine formerly grayson's comrade in arms and lover who alongside lafayette the erstwhile sir percival uh, has now yielded who has now yielded the title and taken up a new unknown role within the old order which has changed greatly in the aftermath of lord hastings vampiric influence it is rumored igraine herself has become one of these powerful creatures and has set Lafayette upon the traitorous deserters endlessly seeking them. Lakshmi knows that as long as they remain on the same continent, they are not safe, nor will they or the world be truly safe until the ideas upon which the order was founded by King Arthur centuries ago to guard the common man against the uncommon beast are fully reinstated by and at the core of their new true order. Uh, Grayson supports Lakshmi's vision, 
while voicing his concern for how small their order still is, how do we hope to recruit others from a barn house in the Highlands? <laughs> Says uh, uh, um, Sir Grayson, uh, or rather just Grayson. <clears throat> I'll try and take it in honor of Stephen. Okay. <clears throat> how do we hope to recruit others from a barn house in the Highlands? There you go. That's my one and only voice impression for this uh, reading. <laughs> Uh, Lakshmi chuckles, but before she can respond, Sir Bors announces himself. Tesla and Devi tend to his rain-sodden coat and guide the clearly weary man to the fireplace. Were you followed? asked Grayson. Just as Tesla hands him a hot bowl of soup, Devi tends to his sword, firearms and other effects, placing them by the, um, by the fireplace to dry. So, little note, I'll actually take another little... Um, aside here, uh, so what we're talking about here is um, obviously like very, very likely to be um, beyond um, PlayStation 5 graphics, you know what I mean? Uh, it's very, very likely that the Order's sequel will miss this generation entirely. Uh, I don't want to be pessimistic, but it just sort of, um, that's how it sort of riffs for me. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it feels for me. But again, I think it'll end up being for the for the best. Um, yeah, big time. So basically, yeah, um, think of this as basically in your mind's eye as you're perceiving this before we get to see it in a few years' time as the most um, photorealistic uh, graphics um, that you've ever seen in an interactive title, okay? So that's very, very important <laughs> to keep in mind. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so also if you look at... Um, uh, Red Dead Redemption. That is a huge, huge touch point for what I am. Picking up some stuff as well. You know, life is life. We can only record when we have the time. There you go. Excellent. So yes, um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the official template, template for the Order 1887. Full fucking stop okay so that is just it's all right there all you need to do is just take that couple like if if they could possibly hand this over to rockstar would be incredible because they would um do really make magic with it really um yeah so that again i might even probably get some people chuckling turning the show off hopefully i still have you with me because um everything was just about to open up with the original game uh, just like how uh, the uh, Assassin's Creed, the first title, like it was, it had some kind of rough around the edges elements, but um, ultimately, it, it did really, really well with the with the sequel. It really had that opportunity to to to, to smooth out those rough edges. So uh, we are manifesting, and it will happen that the eighteen eighty six will be able to do the same. I'm serious. Like that's not even like a delusional thing. It's like this story is, is like the world building and the people involved in Sony, like, it's extremely, yeah, it's certain. I'm going to put that out there and obviously don't want to be too arrogant or anything and, and maybe I'll just, I'll dial it the slightest bit back for the sake of it actually happening. I'll just say we are going to aggressively manifest this, folks. So um, there we go, all gathered, uh, riffing together with that. Again, as you're listening, you may even start having some notions and concepts about the story yourself and Hopefully you're also reading along uh, on the Reddit as well. So for any um, 
and ideas that you actually wanted to pop into the comments, so please let me know about that. Okie dokie. Um, so, here you go. So yes, um, sitting by the fire to dry. Okay, so no. Basically, yeah, Grayson asked, will you follow? And, and so forth replies, no. I waited an hour behind a tree line while some hunters slowly made their way across the moors. I'm moving for a whole hour to make sure any errant sounds I'd have made wouldn't have been mistaken for hunting game. Relieved Grayson's shoulders loosened only slightly. I found it, Grayson, Boris utters, the storeroom. And inside, I found what I've been seeking all these months, my brothers, a Valonian map which only he and Arthur possess copies of. Boris then explains how Arthur and now Lancelot were always closest, and over the years of observing the Order from afar, ever since being exiled, he deduced the two would have shared their own plans, separate from or perhaps secretly influencing the Order itself. The truth, the truth of Sir Arthur's disappearance has never been resolved, and Boris has spent countless years searching for what really happened. I've heard every heretical rumor possible that Arthur transformed into the first half-breed for being the first to drink the Blackwater, that he still lives to this day somewhere in the hidden place known as the Garden of Avalon, which, by the way, a little behind-the-scenes um, tidbit, way back in 2015, way even before the game came out, my sort of daily sort of reveries, daydreams of actually playing the Order 1886, I kept on having visions of this garden, this Arthurian... It, it, it could only have been uh, Arthur's Island, which if you're familiar with the Arthurian myths, when Arthur passes away, he's... Uh, he lives, he lives out the rest of his days um, on this island called Avalon. So, and it's a, it must have been in my subconscious somewhere, you know. Yeah, definitely. So that's really beautiful. And then, yeah, off we go. So, yes, still living somewhere to this day in the hidden place known as um, the Garden of Avalon. But between them all is a consistent thread. The Gossamer Shoal of Morgana. All members of the nascent order lean in to hear Boris explain. Asking about every detail to a rumor ends up paying off. Always in every scrap I found is a reference to the Emerald Vale. For the longest time, I believe this to be a code term for some form of camouflage or a tapestry containing clues. Based on my latest findings, I believe it may be a coven of sorts, the Shoal of Morgana, a coven of witches, acolytes of Merlin's nemesis. Uh, Grayson asks bluntly, what did you find? Boars gathering himself replies, a map and a phrase, the bones of Merlin lie undreaming where sky and sea meet. Simply put, I believe, the witches who murdered Merlin in retribution for him defeating her centuries ago hold the key to Arthur's whereabouts. Next to Lakshmi's plan of expansion, Boars um, hopes to discover the origins of the old order to uncover whatever mistake they made so that their new order does not repeat them. Boar is weary from travel, bears grace and Lakshmi forth on their quest to pick up the trail equipped with the ancient map. Devi, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, sorry, Devi, meanwhile, uh, remains to assist Tesla with the Balknebor's construction. The two young people have grown quite close <laughs> over the last few months. So basically, I am setting up uh, Lakshmi and Tesla to to become a couple, you know, I think they, that's lovely. I think they'd be in the, in the same age bracket, you know, young, young people. And in that situation of being on the run together, I think that they'd be very organically drawn to one another. So Lakshmi and Tesla, I think that's, um, that sort of fits, you know. Um, there you go. Uh, 
En route to the village of um, Strathor, uh, the two encounter one of Lafayette's hunting parties. Defeating them, the, late, the last survivor reveals that Lafayette himself has been alerted to their presence by a new device uh, that Tesla's replacement, uh, Thomas Edison, <laughs> has developed. So basically I'm setting up in the sequel something that there was seeds for in the first game, which is that Thomas Edison becomes uh, Tesla's active you know, we get to see his character model and everything, like his active nemesis in the story. So the, the, the dueling cues, if you will, if we're going to use that sort of game, that uh, James Bond uh, term, you know, which is very much when we first encountered Tesla, he's basically the cue to Grayson's Bond, you know, so which is really, really rad. Uh, okay, so, and all of this, folks, I, I just, I sort of vibed all of this out in, in, in sort of one main kind of course of a session, and I am so open to, to a whole bunch of you jumping in and, and, um, and uh, you know, feel free to, like, workshop it with me and, and pitch something together and put something together, do develop a mock-ups and stuff, anything to, to represent those flickers of the um, ever-burning torch that is uh, the Order Lives and... Uh, Long live the order and the order podcast, which are all basically synonymous, interchangeable terms. Like our name itself is a clarion call to this uh, game continuing, and uh, yeah, to, to to never, never cease <laughs> to always be here. As is my, and I want to get kind of real with you folks about that. Um, my clinging to the order is symbolic of my um, my love for uh, this medium uh, as a as an art form and my belief that you know that the existence of the order how it was made how it existed for me was emblematic of um, of the of the of the maturation of the order and sure the the, the god of war definitely took took that and, and was able to um to kind of maintain that sort of integrity of maturation but all I'll say is that uh, a huge part even though it makes me you know partially maybe a bit sad to admit is that a huge part of why the order sorry uh, why God of War did really well and this is speaking as the host of the of the God of War podcast which you know like uh, uh, Games Radar and, and Dual Shockers like we're, we're, we're picking up with some of these outlets who are like are aware of us and they know that we are this um uh or at least those who have watched the episode, they know that that like our main angle, our inlet into this subject matter is is that is that maturation of the art form. So I am so aware of it, and I I, I applaud the team. And it was an enormous enormous feat to bring Kratos, who you know, and you might be like Albert, why are you speaking this as the prime example? Well, you know, Rue, Vera Surya, the whole Ready at Dawn team are very close. Um, to the franchise of, of the order, sorry, of of, um, of of God of War, right? So um, because they developed, you know, Chains of Olympus and stuff, and so there's that, yeah, um, that closeness, that proximity. And I just want to say an extra little note of um, of feeling how just an like I just have this this pang that I feel I really do feel for the team, the Radiant Dawn team, who who witnessed a lot of their tech being used. That they these PSP, you know. Madmen, like like going from PSP and Daxter um, to, to a game like the Order 86 where they, they themselves developed tech that then, um, it's a bit like, I suppose, you know, the Dunes of the World, the Edgar Rice Burroughs with the John Carter, like a lot of what they developed was then 
used um, by others to gain success and, and to gain acclaim. And the thing is, I, I look, I have both the Barsoom podcast and Star Wars podcast. Like, I know both sides. And, and we also do Valerian. Um, and um, and uh, goodness me, Dune as well, which we just published the uh, episode six for. Um, so, yeah, I, I know, I know, and I understand, like, that society at some point just decides what succeeds and what doesn't. But if I honestly, uh, and I'm prepared for this, cause I don't want you to have, I had, I had certain moments when I was recording just tonight. I was like, this person is, is like trying to convince themselves. It's like, I, I honestly, I don't, and as you can see, I'm displaying self-awareness for that, for that fact that it really isn't a case of that. It is called manifesting. It is actually something that I, I will, I'll say like with, with Hodorowsky's June, that there is a plan out there. It's it's in book form, but there is a tangible plan that at some point he said, "Look, I'm happy for someone to take this and run with it." I, I, it didn't it didn't get up with his feet, but you know we just had the trailer for Star Wars Visions today, um, and and it's this absolutely out there adaptation of Star Wars, and I could easily see a very keen team saying, "You know what, Villeneuve, like, um, and I'm so so glad that we have this beautiful canon." You know, this is the main one, but let us create our acid trip version. You know, you can even roll it into canon by saying that this whole experience of the story is this uh, recollection by like a spice addict. And then it's like we just get to witness the entirety of uh, Hodorowsky's Dune in animated form uh, in canon as as this spice vision, which I think Hodor, like he would be amazingly approving of. There's my little vision there, which I might expand on in episode seven of the Dune podcast. But uh, but folks, look, what I'm building here, like it's, I just, as I'm writing this out, like the idea is for someone to uh, riff, uh, you know, in, in, in collaboration uh, with myself and with other people who j- jumping on and, and uh, seeing if we can create that unified creative voice, not just in the community, but behind this, you know, do as much of it. Why not? Like do as much of the devs work as possible, like figure out all the kinks and, and the reason I'm taking, I suppose I'm taking this tangent off of the, the Devi and um, Nicola thing is that like that felt very, and I'll, I don't see this in, in terms of comparing myself, but it felt Irvin Kirshnerian. So like Irvin Kirshner, uh, he took what the first film, you know, Star Wars presented and then he just said, what is the next Occam's Razor, like Occam's Razor rather, that's, that's wrong, that's well, we're recording that next month, or oh, later this month actually, but anyway, like, yeah, like it, it takes, it takes what um what was there, and then just takes the absolute. That's what Occam's Razor means: the logical step from that first game, and uh, for the, for the and, and not in any sort of weird uh, subversive like 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 for example, Jurassic Park three. You know, it feels it clashes with many because you know Sam and Ellie and it wasn't some naive thing of oh you know Ellie was way too young and that's why it didn't work it's like no like they were genuinely being set up to be together and by all accounts what we can see visually from Dominion is that they will be together so that's beautiful and so what I'm hoping is for us as the Order 1886 and the Order Saga community to have our um, Jurassic Park Dominion moment which believe it or not we are now in a world where and I'm covering it with the Jurassic podcast. Um, we are now in a world where there is a flashback scene. I'm actually like, please make sure you're sitting down, whatever, like whatever you need to do to prepare yourself for this sentence. We are now in a world where the, the next Jurassic Park film will open with a flashback scene. 
uh, back into the Cretaceous with feathered dinosaurs. Okay, so, and that, folks, is a flag that the community has been waving for decades, for decades, that they would like to see at least some, you know, more significant than just a couple of spines on the back of the head acknowledgement of, uh, you know, what has now proven to undisputably, unquestionably be the actual lineage of dinosaurs, right? Is that they had feathers. So we, all we have to do is just let nature, let the nature of this thing, which is this amazing eternal premise, like again, remember folks, I'm going to tie this one off because I've, I've, uh, I've um, organically flowed into like arriving home and stuff. So we'll pick back up on the next one. But folks, the Ouroboros, okay, forever, eternally, we will manifest this and we're going to dive into some more of um, Legacy of Avalon on the next episode. Uh, and then we'll go into The Last Vampire. We'll discuss some um, the series, uh, Guillermo del Toro series. We'll discuss uh, the novel uh, prequels um, and, and interquels and sequels, then also the, the actual novels themselves of, of examining each of the main uh, figures of the order and, and, and other characters too. And, uh, and yeah, you know, like, and then the community, bringing everyone from the community in. We're, we're really going to make some very, very special stuff happen, folks. And sequels, okay, just say it with me, sequels, um, uh, potentially like a remaster as well um, and and for that flame to continue and that's us, we are that flame embodied so love and light to you all and until next time, bye for now